life of fulfillment starts with understanding your values. And when you know what truly motivates you, you can accomplish extraordinary things. Welcome to the Discover Your Values podcast, where each week we hear unique perspectives on human values with leaders who inspire us to explore the depth of our potential. Now, here's your host, Jacob J. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting week. I'm so excited. This week I have Sadie Visek with us. And Sadie joins us all the way from South London in Sussex. And we're just so happy to have her with us today. Sadie is the Managing Director at Oxford AQA. She's worked in both the private and nonprofit sectors, including global education providers like Tribal PLC and the Legal Services Commission. She is a leadership development facilitator for the Windsor Leadership Trust and established AQA's Women in Leadership Program and a mentoring program for disadvantaged students called Unlocking Potential. Her trustee roles have focused on social inclusion and support for young people. Sadie, welcome to the show. Hi there, Jacob. Thanks very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. We're so happy to have you. So Sadie posted a really great article on the Windsor Leadership site uh, a while back, and I reached out to her because it's such a great topic. It's about exploring personal values at a young age to help nurture the next generation of strategic leaders. And that's what we're going to talk about with Sadie today. However, Sadie, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the work that you do at Oxford AQA and also with Windsor. Sure, great. So as um, Managing Director of Oxford AQA, I'm leading an organization that's an international exam board, and we offer British curriculum qualifications in particular territories, so the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and China. And uh, it's a very exciting market to be in, and education is obviously a really worthwhile endeavor. So it's the perfect role for me. It's so interesting working with people from around the world and getting their insights and and thinking about what their young people need to be successful in the future. So it's really my dream job, I guess. And I've worked in education for about eight years. Before that, done quite diverse things. I've been a director of a PR agency, but I've also worked with homeless young people and on sort of the legal aid side, so the publicly funded legal advice side. And I think that's sort of quite diverse background has led me to sort of reflect quite a lot on what we need to do to equip young people uh, to be happy and successful individuals. And the link with Windsor Leadership was really that that's an organization that works on leadership development programs or provides leadership development programs at various stages in people's career. And it's really got at the heart of it a focus on integrity and values really understanding what your purpose is in life and getting to grips with that to to really equip you then to think about, well, how am I going to live this life and what kind of leader do I want to be? And I was just reflecting really on linking that with young people. Actually, you know, I came a bit late to really reflecting on why am I here? What is my purpose? So I thought, gosh, if I had done that a little bit earlier in my life, how helpful would that have been to guide my decisions and to give me a strong sense of sort of what my place in the world would be? That's great. And I love this article that you wrote because you touch on a lot of really great aspects of this issue. And can you share a little bit more around why the development of personal values kind of at a young age is so important right now in the work that you're doing? Well, I think think young people have a really tough time these days. And I I think 
it's made, it's not that I'm nostalgic about my youth necessarily. I think it's a real recognition of the different pressures on young people. So when it comes to their school life, the pressure to achieve great exam results, I think is much higher than it used to be. In many places, the performance of students is actually linked to the school accountability regime. So it's not just mm -hmm. the students who are under pressure. It's the teachers and the principal and the school system. And that could affect their ranking and be sort of really determine their future as organizations. So I think, and all of that is sitting on the shoulders of the student, really, who's, you know, trying to do their best to get the results they can. So I think that pressure is particularly heightened these days. And then there are sort of the, the broader societal aspects like social media, a much more focus, I think, on young people on how they look than there was in the past and whether they're in the right networks or not. And I think all of this is, is really partly responsible for us having a generation of young people who are reportedly suffering unprecedented levels of anxiety, higher levels of depression, self-harm and eating disorders. So I, I worry about our young people and I worry about what we as actors in the system can do to, um, to try and support them really. And I think, you know, that sense of values is part of what we can do to help support them. And what are you seeing in terms of with this generation, as you mentioned technology and the role that that's playing with social media, can you share a little bit more around kind of what's developing there with, with some of this stress and pressure? I think it is that, you know, the need to belong to a particular group, the need to look a certain way, the need to dress a certain way, it's just really heightened. And I think that, you know, in, in the old days, you'd go into the schoolyard <laughs> and you'd You'd have your bunch of friends and there'd be some other people, but you wouldn't need to worry too much about them mostly. Whereas now it's all so interconnected. It's all 24 hours a day. It's all really intense. And with the heightened emotions that you have as a young person anyway, I think it's a really heady brew. And I think it's a real hothouse for young people. And I think if they haven't got the right support at home, if they haven't got the right sort of core values or they haven't got a strong sense of self, then I think, you know, that then they can get into difficulty. Yeah. You mentioned something in your article around, you know, that there is some degree of values work done, you know, in educational institutions and in curriculum around, you know, national ideals. And we see that here in the U.S. And you talk a little bit about it in your article with, you know, some of the, the British ideals that are espoused in academia and education and things like the greater good and good citizenry and, and those types of things. But I think a lot of educational institutes, to your point, cover that area really well. But then when you get into the operating aspects of an individual, like what is it that makes you tick? And you talk about some of this too, that piece we're a little soft on, you know, we don't cover that as much sometimes. What do you think is keeping personal values from making its way more overtly into student curriculums beyond just the national ideals and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I think there is, a, there is a bit of a concern for me that we keep trying to stuff the curriculum and, and what happens in schools with sort of solving all society's ills. And I, so I think, you know, there is a real danger of overloading the curriculum. So it's a bit about how you flavor it and weave this in rather than making it kind of a separate additional area of study, if you like. And I think maybe one of the reasons why it is so difficult is if you're looking at a system of belief, say, or, or a, a national system of, of values, that can be articulated in a way that I guess there's a reasonable consensus about. And I wonder whether when it comes to personal values, by their very nature, they are much more open to interpretation. 
and maybe there's a sense that that's the sort of thing that happens in the home and it doesn't happen in perfect in public spaces so it's the sort of conversations you're having with your family or your parents and I wonder whether you know parents would have a concern about children feeling that children might be indoctrinated into into values that don't don't sort of align with their own so I suspect that there's a bit of nervousness really about getting into the personal Mm -hmm. values space in the education system so and yeah, so either it's seen as a bit fluffy or actually potentially dangerous. So I think there is something about how we can have these conversations and these explorations in a very open, non-judgmental sort of way that just help people arrive at that, that self-understanding, if you like. Yeah, the, the self-awareness mm-hmm. uh, of, of the individual. What's different about the social consciousness of this younger generation than perhaps the previous? You know, what are the values that are more top of mind for our youth today? Because I think we're seeing a lot of values-based shopping, values-based eating, values-based job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. values are kind of taking over everywhere. Absolutely. I think, uh, well, the term woke has reached these shores. So, uh, so absolutely. <laughs> Gen Z, as we call them, Gen Z, as you call them, very values-oriented in lots of ways. And that's obviously, you know, in the business world, it's influencing the consumer, thinking about consumer behavior as well. I mean, if I talk to my 18-year-old goddaughter, she is much more aware, for example, of complexity around gender issues and has been since her early teens than I ever was, concerned for the environment and interest in geopolitical issues. I mean, I arrived at that, you know, maybe when I went to college, but uh, I definitely wasn't thinking about it when I was 13, 14. So I think, I mean, I think it's very admirable and, uh, and I, uh, I'm sort of in awe of the consideration they're giving to these really important ways of framing the world. And I, and I just wonder whether though there's still that lack of a connection then to, you know, what they believe and, and what they want to see in the world and actually what their part of it is. And that's a great point of, around how youth are kind of coming into a greater sense of situational awareness around what's going on in the environment, their community, politics. How did that generation get to this point? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah, I really don't. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it, it, for me, I think it's, culture is so interesting, isn't it? It's the, maybe it's, it's partly to do with the globalization of culture, the communications and, and telecommunications. Yeah. I guess maybe it's that is just make that information and knowledge so immediately accessible to people. Yeah, um, it's connected. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you think about our youth in the future, and you mentioned this early on in the show, you know, you kind of, as you matured into your work and your role, you kind of grew into your values and discovered what those things were, but you didn't necessarily have that early on. And I think that's a that's a story I think a lot of us resonate with because I have the same experience in my own work where you graduate from high school, you go to college, you get the job, and, and all of a sudden you're just kind of in a system and you don't really know kind of who you are. And then you're figuring that out as an adult. You know, what happens to our youth when they don't develop that self-awareness on their personal values at a young age? So I can think about how it affects them when they're younger, but then obviously that can sort of cast a bit of a shadow moving on from that. And certainly from the work that I did in youth homelessness quite a few years ago now, but um, still relevant, I guess. I think I did see that end of things. So, you know, if people hadn't got a sense of why they're here and their purpose and what makes them tick and all that good stuff, then when things go wrong, they don't actually have much inner strength and resilience to fall back on. And I often saw this link between self-belief and personal values, because if you don't kind of have a strong sense or some sense of your place in the world, 
if you lose a parent, if you're struggling at school, if you suffer depression, then you know what's going to help you hold steady through that? I think everything's harder for you and it's really difficult to get back on track. So, so I, when I think about those young people, I think that would have been so valuable to them to have that strong mm. sense and, and yeah, and help them get back on track. And I think of myself who, you know, fortunately was, was not in that situation. And I think about sort of, I don't know, uh, late teens in my twenties and the sort of that, that quest that we're all on really, you know, yeah. how, how am I going to get on? Who am I? All that. <laughs> and actually, I didn't really think enough about what matters to me, you know, mm-hmm. what really matters to me. And it was actually perhaps more the external stuff that, that I was focused on. And I, I just think I might have made some different choices. And, you know, and mm-hmm. looking back, that, that would have been better. So you mentioned in your article kind of moral values, things that are kind of instilled by faith versus kind of the operating values, which are kind of the things that make us tick, so to speak. Can you share more about this dynamic on how our unique life experience shapes what motivates us? So I guess I I should declare myself um, at this point as someone who sort of leans to the spiritual side of things rather than following a a specific religious faith. And I remember when I first went to university, I was a bit of a seeker and I was really curious about all the different groups and societies. And I remember going along to a coffee morning and I had a bit of a falling out with a group, sort of fairly fundamentalist group, who essentially wouldn't accept that someone who'd lived an exemplary life could avoid damnation unless Mm -hmm. they followed that particular religion. And so I think at that point, it, I really, it landed for me that there was an absolute distinction between sort of how we choose to live our lives and actually what we believe in terms of sort of religious belief. And of course, they may be connected, but they're not mutually exclusive. And I think that was the thing that sort of landed for me at that point. I absolutely believe that you, you can have strong values and a moral compass, but that can exist separately from sort of more of a mm-hmm. system of belief, if you like. I see this quite a bit in social media too, because a lot of times when there's a lot of conversation or dialogue going on in in the social sphere, a lot of times people immediately equate the word value, personal value, core values to things that are religious or faith-based. And there is, I think to your point, there's, there is an element of that because people that were raised with faith do get, a, to your point in your article, a moral framework, you know, mm-hmm. as, as part of growing up. But then there's this this other side of personal values, which is just, what are you in that, you know, and what are, how do you operate and find kind of your, your own compass in terms of, of what makes you work really well and what motivates you? Yeah, I agree. And I think actually just going back to that point you made before about sort of how it's informed by your life experience as well. I do think there's something about, so you get hopefully at some point, some kind of solid sense of, of, Mm -hmm. of who you are and, and who you want to be. But actually, you stay curious and you challenge that and society and culture evolve and actually you need to just keep testing. So, so what does that mean for what I believe or you know, what makes me tick? So I think there's kind of a core that probably doesn't shift, but I think there's probably actually yeah. some, some flex in all that too, because if we're not responding to the world we're living in, then actually you know, we're going to atrophy and be dinosaurs, aren't we? So I think there is yeah. something about being yeah. lively about that. And I've seen this in some of the work that we've been doing in our values program where we have this values framework from Dr. Schwartz. And there are definitely some individual values in that framework that are more on the kind of moral scale, you know, protecting the environment, faith, things like that. And so there are things in there that tend to your point, stay grounded in an individual. And there's other pieces of that that are in the periphery of what's your day to day? You know, what are your, you know, what are the things that, that keep you moving every day? How do you envision we 
integrate more values-based development with our youth? Well, I think, and this may well sound a bit simplistic, but I think it starts with making it part of the conversation. So I do think, yes, you can systematize it a bit, I guess, and try and embed it into things. But actually, if it is part of the conversation that we're having in our homes and in our schools and in our youth groups and on the sports field and on social media, then actually, you know, that's the way to bring it to life in a way that will inspire and motivate people to really engage with it. I think the problem is that if it is perhaps too closely linked to a curriculum, then it actually loses that that whole inspiring, gosh, this is for me and this is about who I am dimension potentially. Yeah, that's a great, great insight there. What does success look like if we integrate more values-based development with our youth? You know, what outcomes should we be expecting as, as people mature if we're able to integrate more of this work into some of these programs? Well, this may be a, a very optimistic aspiration, I guess, but I, I would hope that we would find that um, sort of young people and then young adults and then adults, you know, have more purposeful, stronger, resilient focused, able to make the most of opportunities, I guess, because there would be some sort of sense of inner confidence, I guess, and and strength in terms of making decisions and choices. And I think for me, it does, you know, if we're all kind of trying to be the best version of ourselves, Mm. then it's really helping young people realize the potential and work towards being that best version of themselves. Yeah, that's a great point about best version, because I think that as a concept if I look back even on my own academic years, like the time anyone ever had a conversation with me or my fellow students about the idea of the best version of the self, because you're in a program, you're in a curriculum, you're learning, you're getting educated, but it isn't always, always about the individual. And sometimes we kind of have to go back to your point and figure out what, what's in it for them. Absolutely. I think there is, a, there is always a, a hunger and an ambition in young people. It's just tapping into that. And sometimes that, that real sort of self-revelation about, ah, oh, yes, now I know what, what, what it yeah. is that I can make a difference in or, mm-hmm. you know, why, I'm, why actually me breathing on the earth is a good thing, you know, that then actually <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it can be very transformative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sadie, this has been wonderful. So how can our listeners stay in touch with you and continue to follow the good work that you're doing? Well, uh, obviously, I'd be absolutely delighted to continue the conversation with anyone who'd like to. I'm on LinkedIn and, and can also be contacted through Windsor Leadership. And I travel around a bit, sort of with the International Exam Board a bit. So, uh, so it'd be really great to hook up with people who, who yeah, want to carry on the conversation. That's great. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining this week. Tune in next week. We'll have another exciting interview. Sadie, thank you again so much. It's been a real pleasure and uh, all the very best to everyone who's following the program. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Discover Your Values podcast. Are you ready to explore your values and create your best life? Visit discoveryourvalues.com and download our workbook to begin your journey.